Did Dracula send his undead minions to cleanse Wallachia of all human life because someone deleted his Skyrim save? Or something much, much worse? Find out in this special extra episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Alright everyone, let's talk about the new Netflix Castlevania show. So, Netflix released a new anime called Castlevania based on the original Konami game. And uh, it's an adult-themed show, and boy, is it adult-themed. You've got tons of blood, people dying, babies hanging out of demons' mouths. You've got plenty of shits, plenty of fucks. Uh, Religion's not painted in a great light here. Um, And uh, just wanted to start off with getting everyone's first thoughts on the show. White Boy Slim, what'd you think about Netflix Castlevania? All right, so I'm going to preface this by saying that... um... I had pretty low expectations going into this. Um, yep, me too. I really like the Castlevania games. You know, I haven't played all of them, uh, but the few that I have played, I've really liked. Uh, but I've seen so many terrible like movies and shows based on video games that my expectations were just in the gutter. Like, I as long as it didn't just outright suck, I was gonna be happy. Video but, um, game movies. And shows are not typically great unless you're a kid and it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show <laughs> and it's the 90s. And then it's amazing. Yeah. Or the uh, the old Legend of Zelda cartoon show. Which <laughs> Excuse oh, me, so princess. <laughs> I know, it's so it's, bad. It's uh, terrible. You're right. It's no. not great. Um, yeah, but it actually really impressed me. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, it earns that hard R rating without a doubt. Um, I don't know. It might be worse than an R, but I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> it, I mean, it's we're not going into like X-rated territory or anything. But if not we yet, had something that was like a step up, like an R plus, this would be <laughs> yeah. R plus. Yeah. 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 Cool. What do you think, Travis? Overall thoughts on Castlevania? I thought it was great. I came into it with low expectations because it was a video game adaptation, but also kind of non-existent expectations because i played (laughs) i played the first game and then i played like an hour's worth of symphony of the night because my friend of mine had it so i had uh i don't have a lot of castlevania background but just from like if you even just just take the video game adaptation out of it it's a good show it's um like really well paced it doesn't take forever to get to the point i mean it has they had four episodes to do it all in so the pacing was really tight the plot was amazing and yeah like you've all said so violent like attack on titan is like the only anime i can think of that i've seen that's as violent as this but yeah, yeah overall a lot of overall F-bombs. yeah so many f-bombs <laughs> yeah and it's funny it's so funny that was one thing that stood out to me i wasn't expecting that there was a lot yeah, of really funny parts yeah but yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I really liked it too. And by the way, if anyone hears any crying, that's my son. That's my boy in the background. He's having a good time. Um, he's upset because he can't watch Castlevania. He's a little too young. 
So, um, like you guys, I really liked it. I don't know what my expectations were were low. I guess I guess they were. I guess they were because it is a it is a video game show. I, I guess I didn't think about it exactly like beforehand, but yeah, I guess they were. I'm thinking about the other time that I know of that um, Simon Belmont was given to treatment in sort of like any kind of non-video game, and I believe it was Captain and the Game Master. The only other time I can remember. Oh, and, I forgot oh about that show. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that show too. You guys remember? Oh, so he was kind of a pompous yeah. weirdo yeah. who was a big wuss. And so I think this is a better <laughs> version of Simon Belmont if, because at least the video game, you know, could do stuff and the, and the Captain Eddie is kind of a whiner and just sort of looked, looked himself in the mirror a lot. Um, well, I, I got to stop you there because I'm pretty sure this yep. wasn't Selman Belmont. It was uh, Trevor. Trevor Belmont. Yep. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, right. So, so unfortunately, the only version of Simon Belmont that has been committed to film is still the Captain N version. <laughs> the Captain N version. That's funny. So we get, so we get a Belmont anyways, who's not, who's not kind of a sort of a doofus like that. Uh, but I love Captain N and I think that actually does hold up pretty well now. Um, anyway, so about the actual show. So I think starting off something maybe with the, lowered expectations did help but however this show is really good and i'm gonna say that i'm not really sure why it's a castlevania show i guess i get why it's a castlevania show because it's existent it's attached to an existing property and so you can get that um buzz going for it right a lot of gamers are going to check it out a lot of people are going to check it out because they've heard of it right but if you take castlevania out of it and you just change around some of the names. It doesn't really, to me, seem like a Castlevania thing, really. It seems like it's an anime vampire thing that's doing its, doing something totally different than I think the video games did. And I actually love that about it. And I think that's the show's strength. I think the show's strength is that it has its own voice and it's saying something different. Um, and it's going in a different direction than the games went. And it kind of just uses them, uses certain elements of it. And I think that's what art should do i think that when you're like making a movie off of a book you should use the things that work and kick out the things that don't you should make a great movie i don't think you should make a slavish interpretation of the source material i think that could make a really bad movie and i think in this instance they made a really great show and i think one of the other things that's really great about it amongst everything you all said previously is um that they do so much with so little what four episodes i think the full length of this is maybe two hours and it's just super you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I just really, really liked how... And we'll talk, get in a little bit about sort of how it does things a little bit differently. But, I mean, you don't see a lot of shows sort of um, hit religion from this angle. You don't see a lot of shows hit main characters from the perspective of giving up like this exactly. Um, you don't see a lot of shows... They're frankly this dark. You just don't. So I, I like all of that about it. And I think it was really to its credit. And I think Ari Shankar, the uh, producer, is, is you know, deserves a lot of the credit there because I think, and him and the writer. Who is the writer on this? Um, uh, Warren Ellis, I think. And so I think they're, you know, definitely have hold a lot of that and why the show's so great. So um, so season one, just, this is, we're not really going to get too spoilery here in what we're talking about, but I wouldn't, but I would say that if you haven't seen the show, you should watch it quickly and then come back and listen to this episode because we'll just it's not going to be terribly spoilery because i don't think there's really anything to spoil here uh too much but um 
but yeah, I would consider uh, it a spoiler warning from here on out. So at the end of so the, so the, so the show is basically I would say uh, just a primer on you you start with you, you start with Dracula. Um, you give him a reason for being the bad guy. Spoiler alert, if you ever played the video games, Dracula's the bad guy. I guess that's not really a spoiler. Um, and then they bring in uh, Trevor Belmont. And then they give you some people for him to save in kind of a mystery. And then the show ends with a group of people that are basically going to be the show's main characters. And that's really it, right? I mean, that's pretty much the high level, right, of what the show is, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, much. the whole first season is basically just setting up the team. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really, really quick. And so I'm curious, firstly, what do we want to see from a season two? You know, we've seen them setting up the character and the tone of the show and everything getting going. It seemed like it was almost an experiment, like, would this be good? Or, you know, would people like this? And I think the, I think the results are, yeah, that it's really good. Um, and they're doing a season two. So what do we want to see from a season two? Travis? Well, I think I read earlier that this was planned initially as a trilogy of movies, which is why the season is so short, because it's... Oh, kind of so a, it's a movie. I see. I yeah, see. it's kind of a movie cut into four pieces. Mm-hmm. So Yep, that makes a lot of sense. If you consider it in the sense of a trilogy, you know, I guess, like, the first big victory against Dracula, but not, like, the ultimate defeat. I guess that's what we're probably looking forward to, but really, it's kind of hard to tell. It doesn't really... It's not a. It's it is a stereotypical storyline, and yet it's not at the same time. It's kind of hard to describe, but we mm-hmm. may get yep. that. We may get something else, but uh, mostly what I want to see is more badass anime because that was awesome. <laughs> yep, I think I agree with you. I want to see more of what they were doing, just yeah. more of this. Yeah, but I think like, but if it's a third, if they're doing it in terms of movie sizes in three chunks, then it doesn't sound like we're going to get a lot more. We're just going to get another two hour movie or whatever i'd like to see a full-blown season of like 20 episodes but one of the downfalls with that i think is then you're going to get into the monster of the week zone instead of Mm -hmm. just like a really focused tight thing yeah so unless they could break it out into you know more episodes or whatever white boy slim what do you want to see from a season two uh well the first season was all about them like setting up the team and introducing the characters now i want to see the characters like interacting more you know obviously give them like a goal throw some challenges at them and then see how they all react how they either come together or they fail as a team or they you know ultimately work it out or something like that um all the characters that they introduce seem really interesting um they're all from like different backgrounds you know they all have their different uh strengths and weaknesses so yeah i i want to see them just kind of like play off of each other which is actually pretty typical for a trilogy yeah, the, the character development would come in the second part for the most part. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with what they didn't do in the first one, I think, with um, Trevor. But So I think Lawrence Kasdan, he's one of the writers of... Uh, he writ, wrote the you know some of the original Indiana Jones movies. He did, um, he did uh, Star Wars, um, Jedi, and uh, Empire Strikes Back. And he did Episode 7, Force Awakens, with J.J. Uh, Abrams. He wrote, helped co-write that. He said one thing that I think is really interesting about a really good story. He said the whole point of writing is uh, movies or whatever is to stick your characters up, main characters up a tree and throw rocks at them. <laughs> and if you look at um, The Empire Strikes Back, like that's exactly what they did. They stuck them up the space tree and they threw rocks at them. And it made for a really great movie. And I think that that would be really great here, too. 
Um, but in a way you really care, you know what I mean? Because you really cared about those characters in Empire. And so I think that ultimately I want to see that. But just like Travis, I want to see more of it. I want to see more of how they look at this world. Because one of the things that I really appreciate so much about it was when they brought in, and we'll talk a little bit about Dracula, when they set up Dracula, they set up in a weird way. Like, I did not expect them to bring up science. And again, we'll talk about this a little bit. And when they talked about religion, I didn't expect them to approach religion in the way that they did. I didn't expect any of this from that show. All I expected was a grindy show. And Travis is right. This show definitely follows a typical storyline. But the way they approach the themes is so fresh. I just never expected any of it. You don't see that a lot in shows. I don't, at least I don't. Um, the way they approached it um, was just so unique. And so more of that. So I think the show will get worse for me if it gets just really generic. And I think if it keeps its voice and it keeps its sort of fresh look, it's going to keep being great. And so sort of with that, the show sets up in the first episode, which is weird. It's almost like the first episode's about Dracula, actually. And it was funny because I'm like, is Dracula going to be a good guy? (laughs) Because, you know... They set up the show, and Dracula is just this guy in a castle who's just chilling, being old. And then this lady comes in. She's like, look, you know so much about science and everything. Like, you need to tell people, because all this stuff could help people. And he's like, yeah, I know, but people are stupid. Screw them. I'm old. I'm just hanging out in my castle. She's like, no, man, no, dude. Help the world, man. Help him. And he's like um no and then she's like yeah do it anyway and so she convinces him to give this knowledge to the world to help them and uh then they get hitched because apparently you hire the science lady that wants you to help the world apparently that's what you do when you're dracula when you've been around the block a lot and then religion kills her because she's you know the devil or whatever because she's helping people with science but i never expected a show castlevania show to be about science and religion at all you'd think it's a sword and sorcery show it'd be all about magic and stuff which it exists but apparently in this world science like actual science religion and magic are all real (laughs) which is awesome because you never see all of that before you know what i mean usually they kick out science or whatever so um so okay back to my original question the show sets up dracula to be a relatable bad guy so i'm curious is the show going to redeem him? Because he has a completely understandable arc. Like, the church kills his... Humans kill his wife. He wants to kill humans. He's like, look, you people suck. You're everyone in this country. You need to leave. If you don't leave this country, I'm going to wreck you all. And then, spoiler alert, he wrecks them all. So I'm curious. Do, do you think that... Do you want to see the show redeem Dracula? Or just give him a perspective where you can understand why he's the horrible monster he is? Travis? Oh necessarily think they should redeem him at this point since he's probably killed like hot, a few ten thousand people um and babies and yeah lots of babies. a few villages off the map there right and villages yeah but i do love that they give you a relatable reason that he just went batshit crazy and just tried decided to destroy everything i mean the, he is not a typical mustache twirling villain at all no, which is saying something considering that he's Dracula and you expect him to be just a typical villain. Mm-hmm. But no, it was great. I, I love the whole the whole setup, giving him a relatable personality, a re- relatable story, and then seeing him lose all of that and just act out in rage because of it. It's a very relatable story, and I'm glad they did that. I don't think that redemption... 
it would be kind of more of the cookie cutter way to do it to redeem him. Oh, like in the last so, three seconds, he's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, yeah. So I kind of hope they don't do that. Yeah, I hope they definitely don't do the whole "I'm sorry" thing. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, he would never say that. You know what I mean? He'd be like, you know, mankind are the bigger demons. You're just killing me, but you really should kill them. They suck more, or something like that. You know? What do you think, yeah. Tim? Are they going to redeem Dracula? Do you want to see him redeemed? No, I, I really don't want them to. I mean, I like that they gave him that backstory, and you kind of understand why he went off the deep end. But yeah, I mean, for one thing, he's Dracula. They're like, you know, he needs to be badass and evil. And he's badass in the show, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that and I, I want the heroes to have their moment to shine. I don't really want to have, you know, want them to redeem Dracula. I don't want it to necessarily become Dracula's story, you know, even though he's kind of the backdrop for why everything is happening. I, I want this to be the hero's story. Cool. Yeah, I agree. So, um, okay. So in the first season, who is the actual bad guy or who are the actual bad guys? Like in a Castlevania game, it's Dracula. But in this first season, I don't really know, like, who who is the worst person like who are the worst actors i mean maybe i don't know what do you think travis i mean because it didn't seem like it was just dracula there it's not just dracula i mean dracula is the evil that's killing everything but the the as you said in the intro the church is not portrayed very well here and i think the bishop is probably the big bad of the season He's the boss um, in the first season. I yeah, think. yeah. And act <laughs> one boss. boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's kind of a dick, and I, I really like the. It, it does have some parallels to reality, where any kind of new technology was seen as witchcraft, and like the, at some points in history, the church really held back progress. So it's a nice parallel to reality. But I definitely think that he's the worst bad. If he's not, he's not the only one. But I think he's the worst. He did kind of set things in motion for Dracula to go crazy. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Uh yeah, definitely for sure. Um, that the, the the bishop is the main villain. I, I mean, when you come across that that village that Trevor comes across and ends up helping that group, you, you can tell that city has gone to shit, and it's not because of the you know vampire attacks that's certainly not helping but even without the vampires that place would have been a shithole because the bishop is running the scene and there's like persecution of the like sect of monks that trevor is trying to help um so obviously you know the the church and even the village as a whole they are not innocents in this per se no, they're not. And it's interesting because Ari Shankar, again, the producer, he was, I was reading an interview with him and, so, and someone, I think it was Kotaku, and they're like, um, they're like, yeah, the church is the bad guy. And Ari's like, oh, so you think the church is a bad guy in this? Or And, and he's and, and, and the um, interviewer's like, yeah, he's like, oh, no, I don't think, he's like, I don't get that impression at all. For my perception, it's power. It's not the church. And so I think that's interesting perspective because I definitely thought it was the church because... 
I mean, I get where Ari's probably trying to accomplish, but we didn't see anyone in the church acting good and then there are these people acting bad. You know what I mean? You didn't show a dichotomy that it's like, no, there are these people that are fine and there's people that aren't fine. It seemed like it was just everyone in that zone was. Now, I definitely think it was personified in the bishop, but, um, or at least not, not that I remember. There might have been a few scenes where maybe some some of the you know people were doing good there in that particular scene, but it definitely did give off the vibe of like you know people are easy to control in that way and i think it's kind of follows the walking dead and just other kind of really good fiction which is to say that there's this undying threat uh, this huge threat in the walking dead it's zombies you know and then uh in castlevania it's dracula and the undead and that's the main bad guy but then there's all these other things that are bad too and a lot of them there's humans you know and the walking dead you know like are the zombies the worst well i would argue probably not <laughs> exactly i mean you know yes but Sometimes, no. I mean, sometimes humans are way worse. And I, I haven't seen the show. I've only read the comics, and I'm really far into that. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think this show kind of parallels that sort of thinking in that way, which I think is really cool because, you know, even in a world bad, even in our world, like, you know, you know, good and bad isn't always so easy to understand, you know. So, um, White Boy Slim, you had some thoughts on some of the show music for the show? Yeah, uh before we jump into the music, though, one thing I, I wanted to point out is you kind of threw a parallel about, like, The Walking Dead and how the zombies yeah. are, like, an ever-present threat, but they're not yep. the, like, main villain. I, that's a really good comparison, although I think a better one would be Sauron from the the Lord of the Rings, and that he's that sort of, you know, omnipresent threat, even though there's like these other villains that you have to deal with first, like your Saruman right. and your Grima Wormtongue, you know? So he's, he's the biggest, baddest of the bad guys, but then there's all these like other mini bosses, villains that you've got to deal yeah. with too. So it's not just the one big threat, you know? Right. So. Now, uh, one thing that I was disappointed with in the show was the music. Now the music that they had in the show, it's not bad. Like it doesn't, yeah, I thought it was really great. No, you know, no, I it, thought it was. I thought the show worked well and the music was fine. Yeah, it, it was fine. But the games themselves are known for having such amazing soundtracks, and they didn't yep. incorporate any of the game music into the show. Now, I don't know if that was like a a decision that the director or that the showmakers made, or if they just could not get the rights to the music. I would think that that would come with the rights for the, you know, the the property, but. Maybe not. I'm not sure how IP law works. But well, was... you can't. Well, it is. So when you license out a show, that is different from the music from the game. They're, it's different. But you could do like uh, a cover of, you know, so you could have like a composer write music based on someone's original work. And that's all fine. You know, you have to pay royalties and stuff, but you could still do it. Um, I don't know if they didn't want to pay royalties and they want to do something entirely different. But you're right. They did not include any of the show, like any of the game's iconic music at all. Yeah, and like I, I wasn't expecting him to break out like the the MIDI files or like, <laughs> the, the actual original soundtracks. I figured it'd be like an orchestral cover of the music, but they didn't even work it in at all, which well, I thought was very surprising and kind of odd. So one thing I mentioned at the top of the show, I think this is kind of very similar to what you're saying, is the show is really not it to me again, and I might be wrong here. It doesn't seem like a Castlevania show to me exactly. It, it seems like it's a Castlevania show in that it has some characters named stuff from characters in the game. Like Alucard was in Castlevania 3. And then you have the, I, I believe the, the one of the women is from Castle, like the, the sorcerer lady is from Castlevania 3. And then 
uh, Trevor is from Castlevania 3. So I think those characters are from Castlevania 3 or whatever. And then, of but, course, there's the, the whip. Yeah, and he's got the whip and you have all this stuff, but, like, it doesn't it doesn't really borrow a ton from Cal- at least that I could see, you know, I don't know. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I honestly think it's to the show's credit, but again, a lot of fans are like, where's all this iconic stuff. And so I think one thing that people do kind of criticize sort of new show, like stuff that's based on existing properties, like the new star Wars movie episode seven, a lot of criticism is that it's not, it's, it's, it's too similar to what's come before. And then you have a show like this, which I would argue is only loosely based on Castlevania <laughs> to its credit. But then you have that kind of thing where it's like the music's not present. But then again, it would be like making a Star Wars movie without John Williams themes. Like, could you even do that? I mean, yeah, but it would be weird. You know, it wouldn't sound exactly like Star Wars, right? What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Travis? Well... You say that, but Rogue One kind of did that. They had very little of John Williams' theme in it, and I think it worked. Uh, they did. They had less than Episode Seven, but the, but uh, Giacchino really did incorporate a lot of yeah. style and themes and reinterpreting of certain themes and stuff. But you're right; it definitely includes way less Star Warsy music than the other movies. But yeah, I thought that. I thought the music was good, and I honestly don't know enough about the music from the games past the very first one to tell you if any music was in there. But it would have been kind of a nice nod at it least. Was, there wasn't it, any. There yeah, wasn't at, any. at least a little bit. It would have been a nice nod to have a, some in there. if sure. Just the theme, even. It would have been nice. But I don't think that it it's a huge deal not to have that. Right. So I think there's that you know sort of dichotomy. It's do too much or do too little, you know, do something totally different or keep the themes. And they yeah. seem to kind of just keep some of the ba- base themes there. So I just wanted to get all of our closing thoughts on the new Castlevania show from Netflix. Travis, um, what do you, what are your parting words to say about the show? Well, while it doesn't change my expectations for any other video game adaptations it's gonna at least gonna make me more open-minded to them because if they can pull this off then maybe there's gonna be a few other gems in the rough but yeah i loved it uh can't wait for season two i wish it was out already right Tim? yeah give me more the <laughs> that that's yeah that was my only complaint about the you know the first season was that it's so short that i i want more but um yeah bring it on yeah, I agree. I watched the whole new season in one night, and I was just at the on the edge of my seat. I couldn't stop watching. It was so great, um, just how it blended in um, the characters and everything. It was just so great, and just it was just so unexpected. I just did not expect what I saw, and that was probably the best thing. And now that I'm expecting it to do, like I don't know, maybe. Maybe second season will be just as good, but in but in watching it, I'll be disappointed because I have these high expectations for the show now. You know what I mean? Uh, but hopefully, I really like it because uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So, and if you haven't seen it yet and you've got Netflix, I really recommend that you check it out. I don't even think you need to like the original game. You don't need to come into this understanding anything about the game. No, um, you don't need to like know anything. I, no, no, it's it's its own thing. And I think it's way to its credit. And this is kind of one of the interesting things, too, because the original Netflix advertising, they just booted up a Nintendo 
you know um and then they're like new castlevania show and they really use like the old 80s uh thing which is kind of like kind of playing on people's nostalgia but the show wasn't really a nostalgia trip at all actually it was just the advertising which that was interesting so yep i agree more please Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio about Netflix Castlevania. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.